0: Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 120 is entitled Six Laws All Christians Should Know Part 2 The Law of Justice
1: As stated in Part A, there are six laws that all Christians should know to understand the workings of the Almighty.
0: 1. The Law of Creation 2. The Law of Justice, 3. The Law of Mercy, 4. The Law of Opposition, 5. The Law of Agency, 6. The Law of Eternal Progression.
1: This is the second podcast in the trilogy, The Law of Justice. If you have not listened to Podcast 120, we recommend that you listen to that first before listening to Part B. Truth is eternal in nature. Satan is the Prince of Darkness.
0: Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. John 8, 44
1: There is no greater quest on earth than to search for truth. It follows that Satan will counterfeit truth. He is the great dissembler, Paul warns us.
0: And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen.
1: Earth was created by intelligent design, and the intelligent designer is God. God is a God of law and order. Everything he does, he does with a purpose in mind. The purpose of earth is to increase our free will, agency, liberty, and freedom, If you want to know the purpose of law, simply examine the effects of law. Laws are based on cause and effect. The effect is conditional upon the causes. It is only in the obedience to the conditions of law that we have free will, because once the conditions are met, the effect is deterministic. Some things, once set in motion, are irreversible, as we have learned by sad experience. Once one has driven over the cliff, it is too late to apply the brakes. As brilliant as science is in determining physical laws, science is not qualified to look into the mind of God. We must distinguish between the discoveries of science and the theories of scientists. They often present theory as fact using false authority to push their agenda. Government is even more susceptible to using false theories of science to press their agenda. Even if evolution is governed by law, all theories of evolution are not correct. The same is true with the Big Bang, with relativity, with black holes, with global warming, with the origins of the universe, and so on. It is one thing to be environmentally responsible. It is another to be bullied by those who have a burning agenda and present theory as truth and opinion as fact. Science would better to be silent than to deny the very scientific method upon which it is founded. Theoretical science is faced with two fantastic dilemmas, both of which are false.
0: Dilemma 1. We live in an accidental universe.
1: From that statement they must conclude that the creation of galaxies, earth, life, and man were all accidental, though the probability of such a claim is impossible to defend. Ironically, It is science that has taught us that if certain constants didn't exist, nothing else would exist either. But that doesn't appear to prevent them from making the untenable claim that the only divinity we should worship is chance.
0: Dilemma 2. Where do laws come from?
1: Science must defend the existence of law in an accidental universe. Accident and law do not mix. So, there you have the grand dilemma. Science, which is based on the necessity of absolute law, depends entirely upon happy accidents, not a believable combination. Science teaches us that the tiniest divagation would destroy life on our planet, yet somehow, miraculously, everything lined up exactly as it was needed, all by accident. It would drive one insane to watch such a scene unfold, knowing that the tiniest infraction would unravel the universe and send us into the maelstrom of nothingness. Irrational science is an oxymoron. On the other hand, if science claims that laws self-exist, how can they adhere to an accidental universe? Though practical science is brilliant in their discoveries of laws, theoretical science is wishy-washy on where laws came from. Do laws self-exist, or are laws created by accident? An accidental universe suggests accidental laws, which contradicts the scientific method and all other logic. Accidental law, like accidental order of the universe, are oxymorons. If laws self-existed, then science would be right about one thing. There would be no free will, no agency, and no liberty. We would all be part of a cosmic machine. We would be mere biological parts that wear out and are replaced in the race toward nihilism. Science, of course, denies the eternal nature of the soul. They deny that we are the offspring of God, that God created our spirit bodies to house our everlasting intelligence and created our physical bodies to house our everlasting spirits. They deny the atonement of Christ and the resurrection of the dead. If laws self-existed, science could reasonably make their case. But laws do not self-exist. Laws are organized by God through his perfect knowledge of matter and energy. God used laws to create the universe for his children. He wants his children to grow up to be like him. It is the only logical path. To do less is unthinkable. To do more is impossible. God patterned life on earth after heaven, beginning with Adam and Eve. It is meant to be an eternal pattern. With God, everything is on a massive scale. Being omniscient, an omnipotent God who will always be our God cannot increase in knowledge and power. His joy comes with eternal increase through his children. Our joy becomes his joy, our happiness his happiness. If you want to know how to address God, simply do as Jesus taught, and address him as our Father which is in heaven. He will always prick up his ears to that divine salutation. However, Because of justice, God cannot and will not take away free will, agency, and liberty. That we must give up ourselves. We have the laws of God. What we do with them depends upon our agency. It has always been so. God is all about freedom. Satan is all about captivity. Two cosmic opposites. Satan is superior to us, but he is not equal to God. Satan is on earth only by permission, for he is necessary to our agency. Agency depends upon the enticement of Christ for good and the enticement of Satan for evil. Satan, not God, is running out of time.
0: Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea! For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time." Revelation twelve twelve.
1: Though our intelligence or consciousness self exists, God is the Father of our spirit body and the creator of our physical body. He created our bodies in His own image. That was His first and second great gift to us. But as intelligences, we are as old as God, having no beginning or end, since consciousness cannot be created or destroyed. God is separated from us by His superior intelligence, His omniscience, And his omnipotence. He has all knowledge, all power, all light, and all truth. He organized the laws that created our universe and our galaxy and our solar system and our earth. And he did it with one purpose in mind to help us to become like him through our agency. I doubt if any analogy would be adequate, but to drive the point home, our light equals a single firefly throbbing in the dark hoping to be discovered. His light equals the sun illuminating the sky. We are separate from God by the amount of light and truth we have, and only through gaining more light and truth can we become like God. We read in Proverbs,
0: But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Proverbs four eighteen.
1: Loss cannot self-exist because of the prime law. Something can never come from nothing. God organized laws from self-existent matter and energy and gave order to the universe. Everything is governed by law. There can be no order without law. All disorder is the absence of law. There is no law of disorder. On the other hand, if matter and energy did not self-exist, then there would be a major problem. Nothing else would exist either. In addition to the universal truth that something can never come from nothing, There's another assumption that must be true, or everything unravels.
0: Everything that exists is made of matter and energy. Let that sink in. Spirits are made of matter.
1: We are made of matter. Everything is made of matter. Obviously, that means that there are at least two kinds of matter, that which is reducible and that which is irreducible. Temporal bodies are made of reducible matter. Our earth and everything in it are made of reducible matter. I call it the melting earth. But mortality is temporary. Our mortal bodies die, but our immortal spirits don't. Both, however, are made of matter. We are dual beings. We have both a mortal and an immortal body, one subject to entropy, the other not subject to death. The mortal body came from the dust and will return to the dust. The spirit body came from God in heaven. Spiritual bodies are made of irreducible matter. They will endure forever. The purpose of the resurrection of Christ is to transform our mortal bodies into immortal bodies, thus making us immortal, the spirit and body, never to be separated again, never to die again, never to know sorrow again. After the resurrection, there is no more death. We will live forever, hopefully with God in his kingdom, and if we obey his laws, we will. That is what the Holy Scriptures are all about, getting us back home where we belong. If the above assumptions were not true and absolute, life would be a fantasy land. Even spirits must be made of matter and energy. We may not be able to see spirits, such as the spirits of the dead, but that is a problem of perception only. Our senses are too gross to see such refinement of matter. It is unlikely that man will ever invent a machine refined enough to detect a spirit. Yet everything that lives must have a spirit. That leads to another important assumption.
0: All life is spirit.
1: That includes not only humans, but also all flora and fauna. Every living thing has a spirit. On earth, only spirit matters is irreducible. Everything else is subject to change. That is why we were sent to earth, because only here can we change. As we said in previous podcasts, we are deciding now the quality of our resurrection. Only spirits have life. The spirit gives life to flesh. When the spirit leaves, the flesh dies and melts back into the earth. It's matter and energy recycled. The spirit never dies. That leads to another assertion.
0: Life or consciousness or intelligence are composed of spirit matter.
1: Our intelligence was made of spirit matter and has existed through all eternity and will continue to exist throughout all eternity. Our intelligence has always existed and will always exist. We do not have to fear some giant heat death. Let the galaxies come and go. They are designed that way. They can only do what the laws that govern them allow them to do. As Oberon said to Puck in Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream, We are spirits of a different sort. There is no giant heat death in the spiritual realm. Death is a temporal matter only and is ruled by temporal laws. A fourth thing that self-exists is by default. Chaos or Disorder In other words, order does not self-exist. Creation is an attribute of God. One of his divine appellations is creator, just as one of Satan's diabolical appellations is destroyer. The ultimate chaos is the absence of order among matter and energy. Matter and energy cannot organize itself. The only thing that holds matter and energy together is law, and law does not and cannot self-exist because law is the highest form of order you can reach. And order requires balanced opposition. Law can only be organized by intelligent design. God organized law. God created man. The only way for man to increase in light and truth is to obey God's commandments. That was the plan from the beginning. Think for just a moment. What else does God want from us other than to become like him? Why would our Father in heaven want less for us than all that he has to give? It would make him arbitrary. He is no respecter of persons. He has opened the path for all of his children who have ever inhabited, who does inhabit, and who will ever inhabit the earth, to become like him. That is how comprehensive the atonement of Christ is. That is what the atonement of Christ was all about. Christ died for one reason, and that was to satisfy the law of justice, so that we could return back to God, if we so choose.
0: Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.
1: In Defense of Christianity is available at ronaldmesser.com.